This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. Long time no see. Our listeners don't know that. Yeah. While shows have been being released on time and under budget, our recording schedule has been quite out of whack. So thank you, production team. Keeping it flowing. John, what are you drinking? Long Branch by Wild Turkey and Matthew McConaughey. How funny. That's what I'm drinking, too. Whoa, it's almost like we planned it. Jared, what you got? I've got, uh, got a sour mash by uh, Big George Dickel, number 12. Uh, a few things to follow up on from last episode, episode 20. Our uh, loyal followers will know that we, somehow or other, mentioned giardia in every almost every episode of this podcast i'd say our streak was at about 15 episodes i'm sad to report that that streak ended with episode 20 so uh long live the giardia you know i am really disappointed in us i am getting one job It just needs to be a staple on the show notes, like what everybody's drinking. That's the only reason people were listening to us, to hear how we were going to work it in. And so we do for still have our Ron White streak going. Uh, the uh, We have a streak going of Ron White lines in our shows as well. Ron White's a stand-up comedian for... Uh, Probably adult males are really only who should be listening to him. But <laughs> I slipped one in last episode. It was very discreet. If you can find it and point it out to me, I'll send you a bourbon bookshelf sticker. Uh, something else from the last episode. We mentioned how we like the noon tablets as our preferred uh, electrolyte supplement. Our uh, good friend and one-time guest Tyler Owens is now an ambassador for noon so congratulations on that Tyler and uh, send me some you got any yeah, hook us up Tyler uh, and he was on episode 16 if you want to listen to that and John had something he needed to bring up about a store somewhere yeah remember last episode Jared when I was telling you that that kayak store in columbia was named river rat which is the yeah. same as the beer yeah unfortunately it's not it's called river runner i apologize to everyone Dang. i regret my mistake i will try to learn from it and be better um i am resigning my position here at the bourbon bookshelf yeah. effective immediately and if we had people fact checking us <laughs> i'm pretty sure i called the hot spot the hot stop last show too well, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, but, uh, you know, locals will know. <laughs> I wouldn't have known either way. 
Ewan, hot spot, hot. <laughs> John, what uh, book did you bring this week? I, I actually brought two, the Dead Man's Walk and Comanche Moon by Larry McMurtry. We're going to continue our discussion on the Lonesome Dove Tetralogy. Awesome, and that will uh, complete our discussion on the Lonesome Dove Tetralogy as well. Unfortunately, I still have two more to go. Yeah, get them done. Jared, what you got? I have Running with Sherman by Christopher McDougal. I forgot that was Chris McDougal wrote that. You may, uh, guys may know him from a little book called Born to Run. John, let's hear about yours. All right. So, uh, last time we recorded, which was a long time ago, I was inspired to jump into the Lonesome Doves series. I, uh, I'd always kind of steered away from it. I thought it was, I don't know, boilerplate westerns, and I never really had any interest in them. And you guys made them sound so good. I wanted to, I felt like I was missing out. I took your advice and I started with Dead Man's Walk. And I read it over a weekend. And I That's enjoyed impressive. the hell out of it. Well, it's not that long. And we need to talk about this too, but it's a um, long book. Jared asked me how I do it. How do you do it? I throw every other endeavor aside, whether it be chores, goals, healthy living, and just read the entire weekend. Ain't nothing wrong with that from time to time. Yeah, until you, uh, but that's how I live my entire life. It's just one little thing to the next until I buy all the gear and then it's time for a new hobby. Anyway, back to Dead Man's Walk. It's the, it's the start of the series. He actually wrote it after he wrote Lonesome Dove and they're 19-ish when they join the Texas Rangers and they're working the high plains with um, their outfit and they just get into all sorts of trouble. But I, I won't ruin it too much for you, but it was a, an excellent read. I blew right through it and it made me want to read the, the next one. It was somewhat long of 449 pages, which is a longer than I would typically pick up and read on a weekend. Tiny text. Yeah. I read it on digital though. But then I I transitioned it right into Comanche Moon because I knew I wasn't going to be able to present the final two books on the show, so I wanted to get them completed. That one's 820 pages long, so it's a, a little more of a elephant to eat bite by bite. But is, is it there... longer than Lonesome Dove? No, it is not. It's uh, on the Kindle. It's about 200 page shorter. Oh, it's wow. It's illegal to eat elephants in most countries. Yeah, but we we try to uh, <laughs> keep that quiet here. We eat them one bite at a time over here. And this one is they're a little bit older. I think they're in their early 30s. They've had some experience. They're out uh, working with a crazy guy. And Part of the book is trying to get him back from being captured and his ordeal. He, this guy, 
he's their captain. He kind of reminds me of General Custer or Lieutenant Colonel Custer. Uh, you may know him from Little Bighorn fame and his little tiff with the Sioux Indians. Um, but he reminded them, I really did enjoy this one. And I know I need to be a little more descriptive than that. But there is a couple quotes in the book that I did find very much enjoyable. Uh, that I that hit me hit home. And I'll start with it. I think this was Gus, who is one of the main characters. Augustus McRae. You may have remember him from last episode. Legend. The greatest, greatest fictional character of all time, in my opinion. He's growing on me in Lonesome Dove. The tragedy of man is not death or epidemic or lust or rage or fitful jealousy, he said loudly. His voice tended to rise while declaiming unpleasant facts. No, sir. The tragedy of man is boredom, sir. Boredom, the, the captain said. A man can only do a given thing so many times with the freshness and spirit that no matter what it is, it becomes like an office task. A man or a woman. <laughs> I was at church on Sunday on my couch, and I thought they, were, they said amen. And then they said, and I'm like, oh no, he's going to say it. <laughs> but the second quote I liked was, for death did not belong to the humans or the great creatures either. Death came when it would and now had come to him. Like it. I think uh, that's, it's still a toss up for me whether I prefer Comanche Moon or Lonesome Dove. I think both of them are amazing in their own way. Yeah, I, I'm still on the early stages of Lonesome Dove, but Comanche Moon, I don't know if I would rate it higher than Dead Man's Walk. I really did like both of them. I liked the experience. I experienced them. Yeah, as you should do with all fiction. Yeah. Um, I really liked getting to know Augustus McRae and Captain, or Corporal Call as he's called in the dead man's walk they're two what's the word we're looking for they're opposites of each other foil is that what it is and they really they complete each other I, I sounds like a highly technical literary term <laughs> yeah and it, it really just both of the books kind of were tied back to home for me they mm -hmm. a lot of it occurs near powder canyon near Amarillo. So it was kind of could picture the scenery very well. Absolutely. That's something I think that has really drawn me into him. Uh, speaking of Paladura Canyon, me and Jared got a little more to say about that later in the episode. Right. And I'll leave you with one last quote about the greatest fiction character ever written. Many a man has ruined his health for good drinking whiskey with Gus McCray. Cheers. Cheers to old Gus. Oh, and one more thing. Since I've started on some dub, Barry warned me last time not to read the introduction by Larry McMurtry. I did not heed his warning, and I very much regret it. So 
I think I warned you right here on this very podcast. Too. You did. You did. It's it is public record. <laughs> so don't read. That's only in the newest edition. The twenty. I say I don't know if I if I got to that. It's in the. It's in the. The newest printing that has like a a true photograph on the front cover, if I remember right. John, did you read, you said you read Dead Man's Walk Digital. Did you read Comanche Moon Digital? I did. Are you reading Lonesome Dove Digital or paper? I am reading it digital. I have bought the paper books because I want them on my shelves. Yeah. Good. Did you get them all that, the new printing? No, because I ordered them from Barnes & Noble and they just, they did not send me what was pictured. I'm going to leave them a piss poor review. Tisk tisk Barnes and Noble. Speaking of, I have a couple reviews. Uh, this is on Dead Man's Walk. Philip here says, "So full of vulgarities, could not read." Too full of vulgarities. This is all one sentence. Uh, Barry mentioned to me that if you click on the reviewer's name, you can go see their entire history oh. of everything they've reviewed. I just learned that today. He has 69 reviews, and almost none of them are positive. Wow. Negative nice. Nancy. Yeah. Failed. Smell. Waterproof? Not. Popper legs. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> anyway, I'll turn it back over to you guys. I recommend the books, though. Well, if you can't handle a book with some vulgarity, you're going to have a hard time getting through life. Yep. And you're going to have a real hard time getting through the Lonesome Dove series. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Buffalo Hump, did, is, was Comanche Moon the one? where he made his his intro yeah uh, no he was in the dead man's walk he was in dead man's walk yeah the buffalo hump is the comanche leader who is the antagonist in both dead man's walk and comanche moon it's blue duck's dad right mm. yes blue duck was wondering. blue duck was part uh white wasn't he or mexican 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 yeah is he the antagonist in lonesome dove yeah bits and pieces he was in uh i thought he was in comanche moon a little bit too yeah and there's a there's ahumado right in comanche or in uh yeah comanche moon also yeah it's kind of split between buffalo hump who's aging and ahumado who's really, I'd probably say he's the main antagonist in Comanche Moon. It's a yeah. messed up dude. Yeah, yeah he's he fucked is. up. <laughs> I'm cringing reading his sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, something me and John had talked about is when you go into Barnes & Noble and they don't have a book and they're more than happy to order it for you and it takes two weeks. It's a geographical oddity. Yeah. <laughs> get in it's like why and maybe barnes and noble thinks they still got the clout but if i owned a bookstore 
and a customer came in and said, you don't have the book I want. I would just order it from Amazon so I could get it in the same amount of time that they could get it ordering it from Amazon and save some money. Yeah. So Barnes and Noble. I actually had a suggestion for them. They have all these stores and they're in a lot of markets. Use them as Charleston. <laughs> really? That's an Aldi I'm... now. Turn into Aldi. <laughs> they're in the grocery business. If I go into the Augusta Barnes and Noble and they don't have the book I want, they better be calling up Columbia, which is an hour away, and getting that book for me. And use your stores as warehouses to get you your customers what they want quicker to yeah. compete with Amazon. So you don't go out of business. And turn into all these. I uh, I recently bought a treadmill. And I was at my academy here in my town who uh, claimed to have one. They had one on the floor that they couldn't sell me, which now that I've assembled the treadmill, I fully understand why they couldn't do that. Uh, but they said, there's three in Odessa. Do you want us to call over there and see you just to make sure? And I said, now, what would I want to do in Odessa? Odessa. <laughs> <laughs> But I said, yeah, sure, call over and see if they got them. And I stood there for 15 minutes while they tried to get somebody at the Odessa Academy to answer the phone to see if there's a treadmill there. And the Odessa Academy is only a 10-minute drive away. So I said, you know what, I think I'll just gamble on it and go over there. Uh, and they had one. And then, not to go off on a tangent, had me a few altercations in the parking lot because I was in Odessa, and that's what happens in Odessa. But anyways. What happened, Barry? He uh, ran into some Permian fans. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I was uh, parked in the loading area, as I was instructed to do by the front-end team lead after I just purchased this very expensive treadmill. Barry knows all these terms because he used to work for an academy. I did. Wow. Summer of 2006. Was it really only a summer? Yeah, is it was a summer and a yeah, I worked from probably May to December, so half a year, 6 months. Huh. Anyways, parked there in the loading area waiting for my treadmill to come be brought out to me. This old man comes walking up from the parking lot going like <laughs> comes up to my window and tells me to go park in a fucking parking spot. And I said what did I'm you waiting. say, sir. I said I'm waiting to get loaded up. Thank you though. <laughs> well, apparently he didn't like that answer because he went into the store and a manager comes out and asks me what I bought and why I'm parked there. And I said, I bought a treadmill. Here's my receipt. I'd like my money back for all this <laughs> harassment. No wonder so many people get shot in this town. Nobody can mind their own <laughs> goddamn business. So. I would have returned that shit Damn. right then and there. I wanted to, but I'd already done it. Giving my money to Amazon. All over town trying to get it. <laughs> so, anyways, what were we even talking about? 
Comanche moons from shit. Oh, yeah. Jared, why don't you go on with your book before I get (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to ask? The treadmill has been a fantastic investment. It's worth all the hassle. Ran on it this morning in the rain. Miles. In the rainstorm. My head bites clean. Mm. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right. This week I have, uh, or this show I have, uh, Running with Sherman by Christopher McDougall, who is the best selling author of Born to Run. So, uh, subtitle is uh, How a Rescue Donkey Inspired a Ragtag Gang of Runners to Enter the Craziest Race in America. And, uh, so, I'm interested. It it is. Uh, it was I'm an interesting. Inspired thing. by a donkey. I I can't imagine how anyone would be inspired by a donkey. But uh, so basically, I'll start with uh, Chris Christopher McDougall gets drug into uh, Colorado. Can't remember the name of the town, but anyway, it was for a donkey race. So. He gets paired with this donkey, ends up going terribly bad, but it plants a seed in his head. Well, come to find out there's an opportunity for him to a, uh, adopt a donkey that has been uh, poorly kept, kept isolated from other animals. And uh, apparently donkeys are really social animals. So that was kind of a, a bad deal for this donkey. But anyway, they nursed it back. And within a few months, uh, they were training the donkey wasn't sherman was in full health and uh by god they ran the race i won't give away any more than that but it's extremely uplifting motivational uh just a, and it's a hilarious book man uh but looks like they do it in leadville yeah that sounds about right the donkey ran it's, leadville so they're they're the, the race they they ran fair play yeah, the the race they ran there's two distances. I think one was 29 and the other was a 15 mile race. They elected to do a 15 mile race due to uh, some issues coming in late into the training season. But uh, brother, I've been there. Yeah, and uh, it almost made me want to go get a donkey, man. These burrow races sound absolutely insane, though. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures right now. It looks pretty. <laughs> McDougal paints a really good picture of of the scenarios that go on around them, especially the starting line and how much chaos is uh, is happening around them. <laughs> but it is it is it is absolutely hilarious. How do you water a donkey during a race? They probably don't need it. He never talked about that. But they, he, he talked about in training how finicky they were around creeks. Probably because of the Giardia. There it is. This creek is back alive. <laughs> but, when uh, you fall off the path, you've got to get right back on it. Yes, That's sir. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Why are they finicky at creeks? Man, well, so they had a team, a team of donkeys team of three two of them were scared shitless of creeks except one wasn't 
it was, they're weird, man. They're weird animals. You know, people keep donkeys to protect their other livestock because mm-hmm. they ain't they ain't scared of a little altercation. That's true. But some of them may be scared of water. Yeah, they don't, as long as they ain't got no creeks around. <laughs> but you know, uh, McDougal, this this all takes place in an Amish town in in Pennsylvania. So he talks about how much the Amish community helped them out and how he would run. I guess they had uh, monthly night races during a full moon night run. So they would run with the Amish people. Sherman and McDougal would run with the Amish folks on this full moon night run. Didn't know the Amish were a running community. Apparently, some of them are very good. You probably didn't know the Terra Humera were also a running community either. Well, I didn't read even, his book. I didn't even know about them until I read the book. This is Border Run, by the way. Yeah, not, not all not all Amish folks were 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 runners, but it's not few. all runners are Amish either. That is an excellent point. <laughs> I need to read Born to Run again, not to derail the conversation yet again. I've been. I want to also. I, I would like to read this Running with Sherman book too. Yeah, it sounds really good. It is good, man. I I really enjoyed it. I, it took me probably a week. I got the book at a uh, a local uh, bookstore here in Somerville that I didn't even know existed until I ran past it one day. I knows. Oh shit, that's a bookstore. Hey, <laughs> you know what? You see so much more. Really Walking one mile, then you do a hundred miles from a car. Mm-hmm. There is a quote out there. If you want to see somewhere, it's our, uh, yep. And even even if you're running as fast as Jared runs, you might still see. Yeah, a so bit I, more. See, I see a lot more yeah. on my runs. <laughs> I see everything. I was on a walk yesterday with my dog. And I noticed a bunch of trees on my na- on my street had been cut down. And so I turned around and looked back at my yard. I'm like, did they cut down my tree too? City <laughs> <laughs> just and it just came in and just went to town. It must have they must have got a brand new piece of equipment. <laughs> just trying it out. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get an ROI. <laughs> I tell you what, if the city cut down my trees, there would be problems i think it was our hoa oh, there'd know. be even bigger no, problems no one talked to me about HOA it yeah did. yeah <laughs> i want to get sued by my hoa yeah. i like i'm begging them to sue me right. trying to find something well I i'll tell you what if you're begging get a donkey <laughs> yeah put hey. start training just go walking down, <laughs> jogging down the... already get weird looks with a pit bull yeah <laughs> They're probably drafting legislation to get it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Put a come and take it flag up if they do. Yeah. We saw that someone was bitching on Facebook about the budget. There was like $8,000 in the hole last year. All of it on landscaping. <laughs> HOAs are probably more. just like governments too. No, for like, sure. The, no incentive to save money or go bid be efficient else. yeah because yeah. i'll just kick you out of the neighborhood if you don't pay 
We can't uh, put you in jail. You're out. Yet. Yeah. Nah, I won't ever. Well, all HOAs, in my experience, I've ever, I've never actually had one, but I know plenty of people who have dealt with them. It just seems like it's the most power hungry people in the neighborhood, just like the government. Yep. Any so, one star reviews? Uh, yeah, one star reviews. Back to the book. It is. Uh, there's only one. And the heat is it's just a rating. Oh, oh. no comment. What no about comment. a two star review? All right, one second. Um, seven, seven global ratings. Uh, really? Nothing for two stars. Both majority of them are five star reviews. It, it's a solid book, man. It's good. If you're if you like horses, you like burros, donkeys, animals, running. Read the book. I'm, I fall in that camp. Yeah, a little bit. I know that this is a sore subject for some people, but I really want to go see some wild burros out in like Death Valley. I'll tell you where you're gonna get to see some. Big Ben, awesome. Uh, I got a picture saw some of in Bokeas. Yep, swimming right across that damn Rio Grande like it was nothing. What <laughs> an international boundary. We saw goats. As a matter of fact, we saw uh, we saw goats over there on the Mexican side when we were there over New Year's. Yeah. How do you think you get cabrito when you go have a taco at, in Boquillas? Well, you know, I imagine they take one of those goats and butcher it. Yeah. We need to get Ronella on to describe how that happens. Yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, goats. Wild burrows. Oh, speaking of goats, he talks about in this book a goat race down Main Street of some town and how it became a huge hit that also inspired him to, to do some donkey racing. But So who's uh, – is the donkey behind you or in front of you? Apparently, the donkey is beside you. Oh. So you're kind of on its rear haunches. If you're good at it, you're you're to its side to where he can he or she can keep an eye on on you basically he says like you want them to feel like they're in charge yeah because that's a donkey mentality but really you're you're in control but you wouldn't you wouldn't think the donkey to be a natural born leader no you wouldn't uh and unbranded they had their donkey the documentary their donkey just He's always pitching a fit about everything, taking that whole journey with him. So, Running with Sherman by Chris McDougall. Was it a long book? No, it's uh, 330 pages, I think. Your average book right there. 333. Did you guys ever read that other book by him, the one with like in Greece, uh, Natural Born Heroes. Yeah, that one. I've read about half of it, but uh, not yet. Never. I, made I it. had trouble with it. I did finish it. It was kind of hard to follow. I might need to try it again now that I'm a grown up. Um, <laughs> but I really did enjoy the other one, Born to Run. Yeah, Born to Run. I think. I mean, it's probably one of the better books I've ever read. Definitely one of the best uh, nonfiction or whatever you would call it 
but seven. I was actually really surprised. It took me a couple times to get into it, and I just once I got into it, I just blew through it, and I thought it was the best thing I ever read. It turned me into a runner. Um, I mean, legitimately. Trail Runner Nation podcast just got Chris McDougal on one of their more recent episodes, and he talks about Born to Run and also running with Sherman. Um, it's a it's a it's a good podcast. It's a good show. I follow that one. We uh we need to circle back on podcasts because I've added a few to my repertoire. Um, I've subtracted a few as well. Same here. Is it my turn? It's your I turn, Barry. Sure. So. I brought uh, the Terror by Dan Simmons. Terror. Uh, and full disclosure, I actually still have about 30 pages left in this, but uh, I think I know enough of it. to Good enough. <laughs> I got sick just so you could finish this book, and you couldn't pull it off. No, it's a long read. Uh, anyways, I, I picked this book up. I saw it on an Instagram page uh, we all follow called Books and Beers. Uh, he spoke pretty highly of it, and there's also a TV show on amc that i wanted to watch but i wanted to finish the book before i watched it um it looked uh it looked like a good horror story and and pretty interesting uh the book actually turned out to be more of a historical fiction than a horror book but it did serve its purpose uh, as a horror story Uh, i've had some very strange dreams since reading this book don't know if they're related but uh, i'm gonna assume they are the book is based on the uh, Franklin expedition to find the Northwest passage back in the 1800s. I want to say is the 1840s. That expedition uh, failed completely with everybody participating, dying. I think it's 125 men Uh, as the HMS Erebus and the HMS terror. HMS of course stands for her majesty's ship. The reason it failed was they went, uh, they had a summer up there. This takes place uh, basically between Canada and the North Pole, uh, north of the Arctic Circle. Uh, They had a summer where the ice didn't thaw out, and so they got frozen in place. uh, And that ice actually did not thaw for three years and eventually the ice, uh, well, the ice, the ice, you know, ebbs and flows and moves around. And over time, it just uh, destroyed the ships while they're were frozen in place there. Uh, you know, and they ultimately ended up abandoning ship. Uh, all their food was going bad. I think, he, I think if I remember right, they had f- enough food to actually last for five years but the cans that all the food was uh, jarred in or tinned in uh, were not airtight. And so almost all that food ended up going uh, rancid. And so these guys, you know, eventually all just starved to death or died from scurvy is actually what killed most of them. Got to get that vitamin C. Yep. And so that's the historical fiction part of it, which is 90% of the book where the, uh, horror writing comes in is they've got this uh, demon 
in it that they for the longest time think is just a polar bear attacking them but it's got you know it's got um oh supernatural abilities you know it can kind of shape shift and come through the walls and things like that and so it's just slowly picking them off one by one and it's kind of always like just lingering around the ship and following them around and kind of taunting them um and so it's super good you know they have their run-ins with that and then they just have their daily struggles to survive and uh kind of keep their humor there's some parts of it that are humorous it's actually sort of an uplifting book just kind of when you think about like man's will to survive and and do what needs to be done uh definitely gets at one point they abandon ship and decide they're going to try to walk uh into uh i guess what would now be canada to find hopefully find rescue uh, and once they get on the ice, things start getting really bad. They uh, they kind of start picking each other off. Uh, you know, they're getting more sick. They're getting gangrene because it does eventually warm up. And so it gets warm, but the sun never comes out. So they're sweating and everything's wet, but they, and they can't ever get it dry. And so uh, ultimately nobody survives. And I, I was looking the other day, they actually just, just found the HMS Erebus. Uh, I want to say within the last 10 years, they finally found it. And so if you want to fact check me on that, but uh, like I said, a minute ago, it's a really long read. It's about 780 pages, but they're, it's written, it's written kind of in a, uh, British English and so it's just uh, is it's hard to keep up with kind of uh, and it's uh, and it's really it's taken me about a month to get through it but I didn't read much between Christmas and New Year's either so which was three weeks ago so I don't really have an excuse for that <laughs> so it sounds damn good man oh it's super good uh, it's kind of one of the it's actually kind of like Lonesome Dove where there's sort of not a whole lot happening but at the same time there is a lot happening mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? and so uh it's got a 4.4 uh rating on amazon out of 2000 ratings the uh the one star reviews are uh more over glorification of the white man if you're huh. in to reading about how cool it is to be white and rape and pillage Eskimos and natives. And this book is for you. Not my thing though. Uh, there's very minimal interaction with Eskimos and natives. The interaction there is, is actually positive. So I'm not really sure where this guy's coming from. He probably didn't read it. Yeah. He probably read one incident because there is a, you know, I mean, there, there is a few scenes where things aren't so great, but for the most part, it's all good. They have a they have a lady Eskimo that they are holding hostage, not hostage on the boat. They're essentially trying to keep her alive because they don't know where her clans are at. Uh, and so, but they take very good care of her. They feed her. But uh, the other one was too weird. It got way off base and way out there when they're permanently icebound. At what point did they realize this isn't a damn polar bear? Everybody is, it late? Kinda, is it late in the book? Is it one of those? Or did they kind of... 
No, it happened. It happened pretty early on, and everyone had their uh, different different times when they realized it. But ultimately, what made them realize it was that it broke a mast of a ship in half by itself, <laughs> and that they were trying to shoot it, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't responding to being shot. Damn, I want to read that book. Get on it. Well, I can't. Freaking. You just reviewed it. John done read all the Lonesome Dove series. <laughs> That's true. The uh they have a big like New Year's party. They're trying to celebrate, and that's when they really kind of notice that this thing's after them intentionally. And also they think picking and choosing who it's gonna gonna kill like it knows them personally. <laughs> They are putting and, bets on each other. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and so that's when they really realized that it wasn't just a polar bear. And that's also when everybody from both ships got to see it up close and personal. So it's definitely worth reading. Like I said, it's long, but it's entertaining. And uh, you learn a lot about the the failed Franklin expedition. And it's a good horror story, too several bizarre nightmares and he has several other books he's got one that i'm interested in that's called a winter haunting it's about an author that uh, goes to a secluded cabin and gets snowed in and so there's always something about extreme isolation that piques my interest like the shining exactly like the shining don't give it away yet nah we won't we won't go into it. So that's that. Any questions, comments, concerns yeah, um, on the terror? I, I like that that kind of thing he did with basically taking a true story and then inserting a little fiction into it mm -hmm. to make it interesting, more interesting, I guess. He did a really good job of it. And actually, uh, all the characters in the book were actually on the on the ships and there's one, the surgeon from the ship, I believe they're his actual diaries that are in the, his, his section of the book are from his actual diaries, I think. So, with some fudging where the, the, uh, the creature on the ice is what they call it. Hope there weren't too many vulgarities in it though. Mm, no, because uh, the sailors can't cuss around the captains. Well, <laughs> Philip, this is a book for you then. Yeah, Philip will send you a copy. So, Jared, speaking of being frozen in, why don't you tell us about your trip to Big Bend? Ooh, buddy. Well, we, uh, I guess sister and I started a, uh, a tradition going down to Big Bend with some friends every uh, every New Year's. This was year number five. Um, well, this year definitely uh, was a little more interesting than the others. That being, uh, there were, we got a bunch of snow. Uh, it wasn't forecasted really. I don't, I don't think we had any snow in the forecast seven days ahead. No, probably not. But you didn't we, pack for it. 
Well, no, I well, I did not pack for it, but I got I made up for it later. But we uh, basically that cold front came through, dumped a shit ton of snow on Big Bend. Uh, I think they got twelve to four, uh, twelve to twenty-four inches in some parts of the park. Yeah, I would say a record snow for Big Bend. Probably. Yes, the whole thing was white. Uh, Ryan Ryan McCabe and I got there uh, a day early, and uh, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness, because I don't think we would have made it. We uh, we <laughs> it started to flurry on us about the time we hit uh, Fort Stockton. And uh, you have to go south from Fort Stockton to uh, Alpine for Marathon, Marathon, or Marathon, depending on where you're from. Yeah, and, nobody uh, knows. Great. Nobody debate. knows. I think it's a local joke, but uh, <laughs> anyway, there's it. It started snowing pretty pretty heavy there in Alpine. I didn't think we were going to be able to get up out of the town, but man, Ryan was steady at the wheel. Man, white knuckle, and we made it through. So well, he lived in Dumas for a couple of years. So yeah. he ain't no stranger. <laughs> a little flurrying up. He, what was he driving? Man, we we rented a car. It was a a Dodge. Oh, that's why he's like fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we rented a. Uh, I I don't know what it was. It was a Dodge, something a little bit bigger than Journey. But anyway, when we got into Terralingua, uh, it was just rain and windy as all get out. Uh, so we decided to go to the Starlight uh, Theater there in Terralingua, got some dinner, a few beers. <laughs> when we got back to the campground, the inside of the, the tent was just covered with sand and water because it, it was blowing so hard it was coming up underneath the, the, the rain the fly. fly. Oh, my. oh, man, it, it kind of sucks. We're like, man, we're just going to sleep in the car. So we slept in the car. I was wondering. Yeah, we and we that, that night kind of sucked, but when we woke up, it was just white out, man. I uh, I just want to point out that I was gonna come down for this night, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you did it, man. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't too, because I would not have been happy. Uh, because no. I would have also wanted to come back the next day, which definitely would have been an issue. And the whole yeah, reason I was gonna go was that... to run, which didn't even happen, so. Yeah. But I mean, we couldn't even get there. Once we got to the turnoff from Terrelingua to the Ross Maxwell Drive, you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, the snow was so deep on the roads. That's that was the turnaround point. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was deep, man. So we, the road from coming down from Alpine and Marathon were closed majority of the day, at least the morning. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't get in, into the basin at all this trip just because uh, the snow and then trying to clear the roads up the basin. Man, that would have been cool up there. Yeah, with been all sick. that snow. Uh, I think it's Marathon. That's how I've started saying it. And I'm practically a local, so. <laughs> you just visited there this past weekend, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Yep, I was there. Dude, what was cool is seeing the, the desert floor at, like a day later, the snow had melted on the desert floor, but you look up at the basin and, and other peaks, mountains surrounding, it was just white, white as can be, man. It was like being in the Rockies. There's yes. actually still snow on the north faces down there. 
Are there really? Yeah, or at least there Lord. was around Marathon. Marathon? Marathon? I don't know how the fuck it's Man, we, yeah. <laughs> Got some good photos. Good. You can you can see on my Instagram. At Jared Bro. Underscore bro. Jared underscore bro. Underscore. Just pretend just pretend like he is from LSU when you're spelling bro. That's exactly how you want to spell it. But man, great trip. Great trip. It was just really cool seeing uh Big Ben in, in white. Yeah, I've always wanted to. I've actually always just wanted to see it rain in Big Bend. And I've been down there several times and surprisingly have never seen it. I've actually barely ever even seen a cloud in Big Bend. Um, well, the one year I came down for New Year's, we had a little ice storm, too. Yeah, we did. Right there in Alpine. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. No. We were able to get out of there, at least. It was colder than all I get out. I know that. Yeah, it was beautiful, though. Beautiful. That it was. You think the snow will help the blue bonnets? Yes. They already had uh, some, right? Yeah, they're already starting to pop out. Uh, you guys may remember a few weeks back, I said it's got to rain for us to have blue bonnets and big bend. Uh, snow works too. Snow probably actually works better. So it'll actually saturate the soil, especially that much snow. Yeah. So. John, you had a incident yourself. It was a weird week. <laughs> oh, <there's gonna> be... <laughs> I, had, I, I had a meeting late in the day, so I had to go for a lunch run a couple weeks ago. So I got ready, hit lunchtime, ran to my car, got out at the what we call the Greenway. It's just a paved path through the town. And this is a kind of the end of it. It ends in my neighborhood. And no one really parks there. So oh, when I got there, there was a car there, which I thought was weird for it being noon on a weekday. But so I just start running slowly. And then I see two people standing up ahead. Like, oh, that's weird. I guess they're just standing there trying to figure out what they want to do. It's the, kind of the end of the greenway. So they might have taken a break as i get closer i realize one is standing behind the other and i see a bare ass <laughs> and the person in front of me threatening the person in front <laughs> and by the time i got close enough to realize exactly what was happening <laughs> that there was penetration involved i said jesus christ and then i kind of <laughs> turned around <laughs> and they took off running they just <laughs> sprinted and they're they're running away from their what i realized was their car parked next to mine that they're running the opposite way <laughs> i'm not running very fast so they're, <laughs> they're, they're bare ass kinda, and all they're running bare ass like she pulled them up <laughs> well they turned off onto this uh residential street that runs into the greenway <laughs> But then they came back around and then almost ran back into me on the greenway, not a hundred yards later. <laughs> what the? And so I just keep running 
I look back and they're just sitting there standing there like don't they're trying to make a plan they don't know what to do like wondering if I'm gonna call the cops I don't even have a <laughs> phone on me <laughs> and I don't give a shit <laughs> but, <laughs> but they don't know that yeah <laughs> they are probably just worried that I they have offended me and I'm gonna report them <laughs> well it's 2021 20, yeah so I was a little worried I was gonna get jumped or something on the way back no kidding were they uh did you ever figure out what kind of demographic they were Junk I don't know if they were or both or <laughs> I, they looked pretty young um kind of short for, but so they may have been high schoolers out on a break from the on their lunch break which could have been I guess the high school's pretty close they're trying to get their story straight yeah yeah Man, you see a whole run. lot more when you're out on a run. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm always amazed <laughs> at the things I see. Jared, I guess this is really more of a follow-up from the last episode. Jared threw a big kink in things. Tried to. We got we got I'm sorry, it. man. I got excited. Anyway, very good. In August of last year, we started talking about running a 50K and it was kind of started committing to you know, we think, did thinking about doing a couple of races. Well, uh, if you hadn't sure listened enough. to the last episode, Jared called and said, Hey, you gonna do the Havilene 100? They got a 50k. Yeah, we talked called, about it. Called the Jackass 50k. Uh, turns out there's not a 50k. Jared's like, eh, I'm still gonna do it. And then couldn't Jared couldn't get in. And they started sending, me out, started sending me all these other races to go do and climb running it, up mountains. You can't do it. All this. And so, I finally felt the need to draw a line in the sand and said, Jared, I think I'm just going to do the PDC 50K. They're the first trails I ran. I feel like I owe it to them to go make that my first ultra. That's Powder or Canyon? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and apparently that struck a chord with Jared because he called me up a couple hours later, damn near at the tear in his eye. Damn near. Well, after he said that, I read it. And I was like, I need to go for a run and really think about this because, you know, Powder canyon well it was one of the first places i really hiked hiked to appreciate my surroundings and uh i was like man barry's fucking right we gotta do paladero canyon so we're doing paladero canyon we're doing it and he called me up and we talked about it and he says uh he's gonna do the 50 miler Sometime along the way in that phone call, I said, well, fuck it. I might as well try to do the 50-miler, too. Might as well. And uh, so now I'm going to try to do the 50-miler. Hell, yeah. We're not going to try. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yes, sir. Well, and so it works out. Uh, I had been looking at doing the 50K, which is still a nice accomplishment. But 50-miler is only 19 more miles. So may as well just. Only. It's just one more lap around the Might park well. uh so i was looking at when i was looking at that i was going to do a 25k at the davis mountains in september five weeks before well i'll be damned if they don't have a 50k at that race and if that doesn't just fit perfectly right into a 50 mile uh, training plan and so uh lord willing i'm gonna do both get some yes sir 
But uh, I just ran three miles today, and it wasn't that great. So I've got some work to do. <laughs> Especially since we have Skidaway. Yeah. Coming up very soon. I'll be ready. Barry, you just had a race this past weekend, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. Uh, it was two weeks ago. No, it was it was a uh, week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half. It was the Wildcatter 25K in beautiful Graham, Texas. And that was uh, – it was good. It was a cool course. It was uh, more technical and more uh, – had more elevation change than I was ready for. But Technical how? Like the just the terrain or like the your footing? Or what? Yeah, saying. it was uh, it was rocky. And mm. so, so, like, hard to describe – the there was several places where i mean it was basically almost just pasture land like knee high grass mm -hmm. and it's kind of trampled down but there'd be rocks and stuff down in there not not Shit. rocks like rocks yeah ankle so, breakers yeah so it's hard to hard to track that and then a lot of the ups and downs were just on uh washes coming off the hill and so those were really rocky it wasn't necessarily trail but uh, it was beautiful track uh, uh, in the, um, it was, I've always said if I ever buy a ranch, I want to take the game trails and cattle trails and things like mm -hmm. that and make a trail system out of it. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was, it seemed like. So it was it's right there on the, on the mighty Brazos River. Uh, the course was short, though. It was, it was actually only a half marathon instead of a 25K, which is whatever, two and a half miles difference. And it uh, took me quite a while. It took me about uh, three and a half hours. You say a while, but you finished pretty good, though. Yeah, I got uh, third in my age group. Was there more than three? Yes. Yeah, my wife asked that question as well. I have finished third at a race before in my age group out of three. Yeah. My, I've uh, also finished first in my age group. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> the only, my, my marathon I ran a few years ago, I got to second place in uh, not just my age group, but in my gender. Dang. And that was because there's only two of us. Uh, actually, it may have only been age group. I'll need to check that. Did you beat my dad in that one? That was uh well your dad didn't run the Amarillo marathon. Oh, he ran you were in a half marathon with him, weren't you? Yeah. And I did beat him in that one. We should have him on to tell that story. <laughs> I beat him with potty break at mile eight, which may be what led me to be able to beat him. <laughs> Lightened up a little bit. Yeah. That was back in my fast running days. That was actually my PR, and that one is uh, is for half marathon. Is about I think is hour fifty eight, maybe maybe an hour forty eight. It's about an eight and a half minute pace, which is hard Looking for at. me to even dream of anymore. We'll get back there though. We'll get back there. But I've got to skid away coming up March thirteenth. And then another 25K in April, the Wild Canyons, Caprock Canyon State Park. And then 
I got nothing till September. Just a lot of miles in the hot Texas sun. Jared, yes, did you sir. ever get any rocks glasses? Nope. I'm still using the same, the same uh, pub crawl plastic cup I got from Savannah, Georgia. So where Skidaway is? Yes, sir. God, I'm looking forward to Skidaway. I'm excited, kinda. I'm uh, three weeks out from my first 20 mile run of the training stretch. John, how are you feeling? I'm going through a little rough patch at the moment. I'm having some, so my, my training is, I'm doing a, the primal endurance thing mm -hmm. and I'm keeping my heart rate between 140 and 150. So if I have to walk, I have to walk. And it's more of a long-term investment, so I'm not trying to get this. This isn't going to be a PR attempt at Skidaway. But I don't know if I'm sick or I've got COVID or some shit, but my heart rate's just been through the roof for mm. the last week and a half or so. So I actually went out last weekend for my long run and just walked the whole time. I did not even attempt to try to run. And I was 20 seconds slower per mile than the previous week where I did five <laughs> miles on the same course. I, uh, you know, I, I've been telling you, I went through a similar phase uh, probably in about October of this year or so, or I mean of last year, 20 of the year of our Lord 2020. And uh, it was the same deal as like, I don't know what I could run like a quarter of a mile. And then the rest of the run from there, it'd be like, I could run 20 feet at a time. And it was like, my leg is like, my legs didn't have any, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like, they just didn't want to run really. And then it's the same deal. It's like, I'd take 10 steps and my heart rate would be through the roof. So I'm thinking you're probably just at some kind of tipping point. Yeah, I hope so. I'm kind of I'm taking the my weekday runs off this week to try to get back. I called in sick yesterday because I wasn't feeling very good, but I'm feeling better today. And hopefully, come Saturday with the six mile where I have, I'll be feeling a little better and yeah. make some progress there. Bump that thing out to a 10k just for. Uh, I don't. I'm not into that. <laughs> Do it for the Strava, man. Six miles is arbitrary, and so is 10K. So, <laughs> Jared, how's uh, your training going? It's been going pretty good here recently. My, uh... Oh, Jared, jello legs, my ankle hurt. <laughs> 50 miles last week. Uh, listen, my, after yesterday's run, my, my ankle is starting to... Well, Hurt, hurt a little bit, but we're going to power through it, baby. It's too late now. We're going to run till it breaks. I hope Remember, it doesn't break. So I hope it don't break. You got a 50 miler to think about coming up. Yeah, true. I'm in, telling you. In take, regard to Skidaway, 
No, on three days I've, off, let that thing heal. I've, I've taken enough time off. You're still gonna be dealing with it in July. It's time to get. It's time to boogie, baby. But no, I I, I think it's just because I, I think late in that uh, late in my run yesterday, I, was, I think my form was getting a little bad. It's getting tired, but it's all good. I tell you one thing that the treadmill. Uh, I think really helps with is your form. At least it seems that way. It's felt that way with me. Cause you can hear it. You can hear the heel strike or what? I feel it more. I, yeah. I think you just feel it more. It's almost like yeah. if you're not running right, the treadmill's like the treadmill almost reacts to it. Seems that way, but I feel more efficient. I also like that you can kind of force a pace a little bit on the treadmill. So without having to stare at your watch. Yeah. And so I've been doing I've actually have enjoyed kind of going and doing these uh what I did today was I'd walk quarter mile on a four percent incline, which isn't very much, at a sixteen minute pace, which is pretty good walking pace. And then I would I ran the 0.75 for the mile. Uh, and I was, I was going pretty fast on those. I do, I was ticking them up every 10th of a mile from six to 6.6 each mile. And then I'd start and walk another quarter mile trying to simulate trail running a little bit and get some can hills. You, can you program those intervals uh, into the, into the treadmill? I might could the uh, my treadmill syncs with the iFit app, mm-hmm. which is also what my Nordic track bike syncs to, and so that's actually a good question. I'm gonna have to look at that. If I if I could do it, it would be have to it have to be done through the app. But they've got good runs on there too. Like you can go pick a like a Moab trail run out. You know, it's got. Mm-hmm. you know jack the elevation all around on you i'll have to look at those i hadn't really screwed with that much anyways get you guys a treadmill it is uh raining this morning so i said i'm just gonna get on the treadmill Reading. i like running in foul weather though i do too but i, I didn't i don't I like it at first i didn't want to run at all today and so foul weather wasn't helping yeah I'm supposed bitch. to got to run seven tomorrow, but it should be a nice morning. Starting to, uh, the weather's been very inconsistent. It's like snowing, and then it'll be 80, and then it'll be like today it rained all day, but it was like 65. It's very strange. I always uh, make a New Year's resolution to go hike more. And this has happened the last couple years. Uh, um, the, the fats, the hiking area where I like near where I live is just gets drenched with rain all January. And it just seems like it rains on Thursday and Friday every week. And I don't have time to go in the, uh, on the weekday because of the sun and they keep it closed. Mm. If it's too wet. Cause it's a mountain bike area and the mountain bikes really fuck it up if it's too wet. And so I need to stop making that. I need to, hiking and hiking throughout the year my thinking on training in bad weather 
is what if the race is bad weather? Yeah. So. Yeah. We don't know really, what getaway is going to be like. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be perfect. It could be hot too. I'm hoping 40 degrees at the start. Yeah. It'd be perfect. And 45 at the finish. Yeah. I don't know what the weather's going to be, but I bet it's going to be better than the last marathon I ran. So, you know, I was thinking, I, you know, I was thinking that I don't think I could beat my last marathon time, but the closer we get, I think we could, because I didn't do so great my last marathon time. And so it wouldn't take a super valiant effort to beat that this time around. Yeah, it's shitty weather, right? Yeah, and you were sick. It's shitty weather. I had a cold, and uh, I I think I walked probably miles twenty one to twenty four, just flat walked them. And so, well, Skidaway's flat. Yeah, and it wasn't flat either at the Amar at the Amarillo Marathon, believe it or not. But. Uh, yeah, the weather is fucking god awful. Cold. I always heard it's so flat out there that on a clear day, you could see the back of your head. Yeah, well, not, not on this particular <laughs> twenty-six mile stretch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and I've got my strategy kind of on road runs. If I'm not really feeling it to where I'll walk a 10th of a mile and then run the rest. And I think if I just did that, even all the way through Skidaway, I'd probably, uh, Mike could beat my last time. Well, did you see that the new COVID, uh, regulations they posted on the run sign up.com? No. Uh, one of them was, uh, the marathon, man, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but uh, the marathon is strenuous on your body. If if we if you if we feel like <laughs> you're not uh, performing well without putting too much stress on your body, we will pull you from the race or something like that. I was like, give me a break, man. How how are you going to judge me? That how are you going to body bag? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, how are you going to judge someone if they're if they if they're walking a little bit? I'm gonna be coughing all over everyone, pulling me out of there. But it, it, there, it was because your immune system is is weakened after a marathon, which it is. Because I mean, you often get a little sick or something after it. But but there, the argument on a is carnivore diet. that false. Anyway. Uh, that i just thought how is it that you're gonna pull someone off of a course just because they may look like they're they're hurting you don't know what their immune system is doing is this is this a skinny I mean, way i mean if they're swerving if i mean if they can't walk in a straight line yeah right. maybe you get their ass off the course but if my heart rate's at 225 <laughs> <laughs> you might be dead yeah are about to be dead well like i said in a body bag they don't know me son i'm saying i ain't scared to be out there for eight hours 
Look, hey, I'm, I'm, but I'm also wondering if, if they put that in there just to make the local government right just got happy ch- check their boxes. Yeah, so they, they can have the race. Which the, I mean, that race that the, the race director seems pretty hell bent on getting this thing done. Well, if they're gonna cancel it, they need to cancel it yesterday. Oh, I don't so. think that. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's it's a go. If I get off the plane in Charleston and get an email saying the race has been canceled, I'm going to not be happy. We're still going to go to Savannah and run. Yeah, we're still, we're we're already paid for the Airbnb. (laughs) But anyway. What you got, John D? Uh, He just posted yesterday or the marathon that they opened up 50 more spots in the marathon. So, oh. Not the front door. They're adding spots now? Yeah. Yeah. You guys got any closing thoughts? Yeah, um, we continue to grow, and because you guys sharing the show with your friends and your family, uh, maybe not your kids, but please continue to do so. We really appreciate y'all. We really like doing this, and we'd like to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep, thank you guys. Spread the word, like and like us, and uh, subscribe, and mm-hmm. whatever. We don't really, I really honestly don't know what any of that does, but uh, I think it, it might help us with the ranking. Does something, I guess. Find us. Yeah, I think it helps people find us if they're searching for random things. Oh, uh, podcasts. A new oh, one yeah. I have found that I enjoyed, uh, I think I sent it to you guys, is called Off the Couch. It's a running podcast. They had Ed Robertson on, who's the host of Mountain and Prairie, uh, talking about a run he did. Maybe I just told you guys about the run called the Procrastinators 50K. And so yeah. what he did was he ran a mile on the hour every hour for 31 hours. And then in the other, we'll say 50 minutes, assuming a 10-minute mile, of every hour he made sh- he focused on doing tasks that he'd been putting off like email stacking up or i think he said something about cleaning out his shed and things like that and so i thought that was a cool idea but he's done several ultra marathons which i don't know if i knew that or not wait that, my my connection was bad there for a minute but he's he's australian no okay oh no 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 yeah the you know how i'm talking about yeah yeah he got the inspiration from that guy okay all right never mind because that sounds pretty familiar but yeah he ate nothing but beans for a month yeah that was that guy's name was his last name was miles i think which i thought was funny and so i added that one and then i've been listening to some uh financial independence podcasts and uh, actually, the mayor of my beautiful city of Midland, Texas, uh, has a podcast. It's called No Neutral Moments that I really enjoy. So it's worth listening to as well. I don't have any new podcasts that I've been listening to. I've just been doing courses on Udemy all year. I guess it's only been 20 days. Keep it going. I'm getting back. Stay away from it being a habit. Yeah. Just be made for the rest of your life if you can get through tomorrow. Yeah.
I'm uh, done like 30 hours so far in January. That's pretty impressive, really. For those of you who don't know, Udemy is a, I guess, a platform for learning where you could, people post courses that might be four hours long or even up to 20 hours long. And they go on sale like once a month for $10 for these courses. And I just buy them up one by one and take them. And they've really helped me professionally and personally. And I think really changed my course in life by doing them, but learning things I'm interested in, but I didn't get a formal education in. So they go on sale once a month? Yeah, pretty much. That's, There's... that's good to know. I wish I would have known that before I stockpiled. Yeah. But don't ever buy them full price. They're like $150 full price. Just wait. Yeah, and they'll be 10 I think the most I paid for any of mine was 12 bucks, probably. Yeah, some of them can get up to 20 for the longer ones, but yeah. better. I mean, you're going to pay that. That's the cheapest you're ever going to get for any kind of course material oh yeah i mean the the couple i've taken i'm about to take one on quickbooks and and like the ones you've taken in excel and and access you probably learn more than you'd learn in a college course on those oh definitely yes. so definitely worth the time and they're pretty they're not they're not at least some of the ones i've taken all the videos or the lessons are all like five or 10 minutes each. So you really can sit down and just kind of, you know, if you really are limited on time, you can still get it in, but it not take you all day. Yeah. And you can play them faster too. Yeah. Which is nice. So you come in and you might just want to do want to do one or two little sections of five minutes a piece. And that's all you can do that day, but at least you've made some progress. Yep kept the habit going one percent better yep i uh just wanted to say especially for our new listeners if you want to engage with us some more uh, we obviously have the instagram that's probably how you found us and then we've got a spotify playlist which you're welcome to contribute to please don't put any nonsense on there and then uh, we have a strava club if you want to run with us, it's private. So send us a request and I'll think about adding you. What's the name of that, Barry? The playlist is the Bourbon Bookshelf playlist. The Strava Club is the Bourbon Bookshelf Runners Club. It has our alternate logo. So hope to see you there. We need somebody uh, who can beat Jared or Tyler Owens. Please. Come on now. It's not a competition, guys. It is a competition. That's the whole reason <laughs> I made the damn thing. You should see these outliers, too. They're, they're, there's the rest of us, and then the, all the way on the other side of the graph for Jared and Tyler. My goal is to be in third every week. And so I make it most weeks. Hey, yeah. John's though, John's been putting in some miles. Anyways, Jared, you got any, anything? Anything uh, to wrap? Hey, you know, I was up at Table Rock State Park this weekend and uh, saw a bunch of people outside. Thought that was great. There's a lot of other options and 
Just glad to see people outside during a pandemic. Pandemic. It was almost too crowded, though. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the pandemic's helped with that. People wanting to get out. Yeah, no. I, I've always been big on the get outdoors thing. So, all right, fellas. Uh, we got a big month coming up next month. Yes, Come hard. Hard, get your miles in. Get them miles. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.